Brethren, I want to say thank you for allowing me to come over this evening. Uh, I, I've got a little raspiness in my voice, so please excuse that. But uh, let me briefly just tell you my role over the church in Owasso. Uh, about four years, I came back to my home congregation, which I grew up in. And I took over the role as the director of our School of Biblical Studies, which has been a work of the church there at Owasso for some 43 years. Uh, men such as Sidney Ellis, maybe you know Sidney's name, you remember him. Uh, Brother Alan Lay most recently was the director. But when Alan left, they asked me to come back and to direct the School of Biblical Studies, which is a, uh, a Saturday school is what it was at that time, four or five classes on Saturdays. People would come and they would participate in those classes. But I also have the role of evangelism, sort of directing our, our evangelism program as well as our education program there at the church. And so all of those roles sort of fit together. And so my desire uh, working within those roles is to help congregations and to help the Owasso congregation be what God wanted us to be in regards to our evangelism as well as our edification, the building up of one another with the word of God. And so it was about four years ago that I took the role Pretty soon after that, COVID, of course, came, and that sort of changed the way that we were doing things with people coming into the building. And so we were looking at some things that, uh, that we could do during that time. So tonight what I want us to do is I want to share the reasoning behind the thing that I want to present to you tonight, and then I want to share with you what it is that we're actually doing. I want you to think about that passage that's up on the screen, and I apologize about the formatting. We're still over there, and we're condensed over there. You guys have got the uh, nice uh, portrait mode. But in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, I believe every one of us here knows that passage, and every one of us here hopefully believes that passage to be true. Genesis chapter, six, uh, chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Do we believe that? Do we really believe that. And as you continue to go through Genesis chapter 1, we read verses that start out by saying, and the Lord said, let there be, and there was. I believe that every one of us here tonight would say, we believe that to be true. I would hope that would be the case. Folks, I believe that we also know that there are a lot of people in this world that do not believe those things to be true. The secular world is attacking our youth in the school books that they have that goes totally against what Genesis chapter 1 presents. The media oftentimes presents Genesis chapter 1 as something that is not accurate, something that in no way could be true. I want you to think about what Peter says. Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, he says this, knowing this first of all, that there are going to be scoffers that will come in the last day scoffing. You think about how it is that some people, they scoff at Christians' belief in the Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 11 accounts of the creation and of the global flood. Paul said that's going to take place. In the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing, and then they are going to, at the end of that verse section, for they deliberately overlook this fact that the heavens existed long ago and that the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. There are many people in this world who do not believe the most fundamental principle that we read at the beginning of the Bible that God is and that God created. With that thinking, there was an article in 2019 
by our brethren at Apologetics Press. We're going to mention Apologetics Press here uh, multiple times tonight because that's sort of the basis of what we're doing over there. But there is an article that was by Brother uh, Kevin Kane. And the idea is why are we losing our kids or why are children leaving the faith that they had when they have been in our homes and in our Bible classes? We've done such a good job of teaching them everything about Scripture. They know what the plan of salvation is. But when they leave home and they go out to college, they are losing their faith. Why is that? The article starts out by talking about an all too often common situation. He says we brought her up and we took her to Bible classes. She was in Bible classes every Sunday and every Wednesday. She was involved with the youth group. She was involved with all the activities of the church. She became a Christian at the age of 14. And then she went to college and she no longer associated with those of like faith. Why is that? The article asked that question and it offers some theories. You know, there's oftentimes when we ask that question, why did we lose our kids? Oftentimes these kind of theories are thrown out. Well, the church has just become too conservative. We're, 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 we've, just, we've become too conservative and we've got to make some changes. Our worship has become too boring. When we take a look at the denominational world out there, there's just so much entertainment, and our worship in the Lord's church has become too boring. Or maybe it is that Doug just uses too much scripture. These are theories about why people leave or why our kids are leaving their faith when they go to college. Maybe it's the outdated views of women's roles. We know that's changing here in the Tulsa area. We know of congregations of the Lord's church in the past by name that have now implemented women's roles within the church. Maybe the building needs to be updated. The article continues to this. It looks at two groups. These are not associated with the Lord's Church. There is a group called Campus Renewal. This is a college a research organization. They go out and they research religion on college campuses. The other group is the Barna Group. You may know the Barna Group. They do a lot of research into Christianity, Christendom as a whole. But the article from Apologetics Press looked at these two studies conducted by Campus Renewal and the Barna Group. They didn't want to take a look at how many kids are leaving because one kid leaving the Lord's church is too many. The numbers we have heard. Now these two organizations, again, not associated with the Lord's church, so they're, they're taking a look at Christendom as a whole, but they took a look at why kids were leaving the church. The statistics said this. There was 25,000 people that were um, asked about this question. 25,000. 95% of those said that they attended church regularly during elementary and middle school. As they continued to flesh this uh, study out, they said, well, now 55% of those kids who had less left their faith in college 55% of them attended church regularly in high school. 11% were still going to services during college. Now what that points out is that 90% of these kids left their faith even prior to college. 
So we ask the question, why are they going to college and why are they losing their faith? We need to understand that 90% of that really works out to that they've already left their faith. We're losing them earlier than we thought. I've got to get a drink, I'm sorry. We're losing our kids earlier than we may have imagined. So Barna sort of fleshes out this study. Again, some 25,000 students and adults. They asked the question and they made this comparison between those who regularly attended Bible class growing up and those who did not. Now these statistics don't make sense. You're going to be confused just like I was. The article from Apologetics Press that I referenced, they were confused about it. They said they had to go back and look at these. I had to go back and look at these. You're going to say, Randall, you've got these statistics wrong. So they took a look and they compared these two groups of people, those who regularly attended Bible class when they were kids and those who did not. And this is what they came up with. Students who regularly attended Bible class, according to these 25,000 people who were surveyed, Students who regularly attended Bible class are more likely not to believe all of the accounts that they read about in the Bible as true and accurate. I saw some eyebrows. That doesn't make sense. Those who went to Bible class on a regular basis were more likely not to believe all of the accounts. They've been in our Bible classes and they've been studying those things and they see those things. And those that left their faith are more likely to leave, uh, or not to believe those accounts. Here's another thing. They're also more likely to doubt that the Bible was written, uh, to believe the Bible because it was written by men and it has errors in translating. Again, you're thinking that doesn't make sense. These are the kids that are sitting in our Bible classes. Goes on to say that those kids that regularly attended Bible class are more likely to accept many things that are going on in our world. They're more likely to accept gay marriage and abortion than those who are not. Study continues to lay out. They're much more likely to believe that God used evolution to change one kind of animal into another. We're going to talk a little bit more about that here in just a second. Those kids that are sitting in Bible classes, and again, this is through Christendom. This is not just in the Lord's church. But this is saying that they're much more likely to believe that God used evolution to change one kind of animal to another. They're more likely not to believe that the earth is less than 10,000 years of age. And then they're also more likely to believe that good people don't need to go to church. Those that have been attending Bible classes from the time that they're young, statistics are showing that they believe that you just have to be a good person. So therefore, we see why it is that when they go to college, they're no longer following the faith that they grew up with. Now, when you take a look at everything that that article from AP said, Taking a look at the study from Barna and Campus Reform, it laid out that there was a significant correlation between believing in the Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 11, the creation account and the global flood account, and whether they would remain faithful or whether they would come back to their faith later on in life. There is a correlation because what, between what we just read in Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 11 and whether they would remain faithful or come back. Now, with that said, the conclusion of that survey, of that study, was obvious. If the authority of God's word 
is undermined all the way back at Genesis chapter 1. If somebody reads that and says that there's no way that's going to happen, if they undermine God's, God's authority that is established at the beginning, this leads to a very slippery slope of unbelief in their lives. We know that our society is attacking Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. Pick up a science book. Listen to videos, news. This week I was just reading some things and attacking Genesis chapter 1. Verse one. My daughter wants to be an archaeologist, and so we started to take a look at what you need to do to be an archaeologist. They're saying unless you believe this, a secular worldview, you cannot have scholarship funding with that attitude of Christian beliefs. So there is an attack, there is an agenda that is going on. So if we start to ignore these cultural attacks that we read about in Genesis chapter, or on Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 11, or if we start to chip away at the accuracy or the reliability, and sometimes even within the Lord's church, we have those who teach a, a secular worldview because they have not equipped themselves. They start to question the accuracy of the rest of the Bible. And so they say, if we can't trust the Bible in these earthly things, why would we believe the accounts of David and Goliath? Why would we believe about the miracles and all of the prophecies that were made about the Savior that we read about in the Old Testament? Why would we believe those if we don't believe what we read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11? In the beginning, God created. God said, let there be light. Why then should we trust in those spiritual things? And so there's a slippery slope that begins. And it begins with the belief that the earth is billions of years old. I want you to think about what you know about the age of the earth. If it's based on what the secular world teaches us, they're going to say it's billions and billions of years old. But when we start to think about faith and why our children are leaving the Lord's church, because the Bible teaches a young earth, some six to 8,000 years, some six to 10,000 years of age since the beginning of times, or since the beginning of uh, the creation period. But the secular world teaches that the earth is billions of years old. And so this Genesis chapter one being attacked in the beginning, God created when that starts and our children start to have to defend that. That's where there becomes issue because they go off to college and they are being inundated by a secular worldview and they have to be able to defend the Bible. Have we equipped them to do so? Now, I wanna throw up a few more statistics and then I want to get into what we have done over at Owasso, which we're very excited about. I don't know if you like statistics, I don't necessarily do, but these are important. In that study, uh, in the article from Apologetics Press, there were these statistics. When you ask people, those 25,000 that were surveyed, 77% of those people said, yes, we believe the account of Noah and the global flood. 
Okay, that's good. 77% of these people, they believe that. The number was 75% that they believe that Adam and Eve truly did live in the garden. So we read the Bible and a majority do say those accounts are true. They believe those things. 62% of those people surveyed said Abraham fathered Isaac at 100 years of age. Now that's sort of tough for us to believe right now, 100 years, but that's what God said. We believe that to be true because that's what God said. 62% of people said that to be true. 60% of the people believed in the account of the Tower of Babel. You see the number starting to descend, but then we see this number. Only 20% of those 25,000 that were asked about why they left their faith, only 20% said that the, they believe that the earth is less than 10,000 years of age. That's sort of eye-opening. The number one area of disbelief for our young children, for our kids that are leaving home and going off to college and leaving their faith behind is the age of the earth. You say, Randall, that's sort of insignificant, don't you think? Well, we go back to that passage in 2 Peter chapter 3. Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? They're not even going to worry about the coming of Jesus because they're scoffing at the very foundational truth that God, Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God said, there's going to be scoffers, and they're going to deliberately overlook the fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. Now, Barna didn't leave us without solutions. Again, Barna started the study by saying, you know, it's not uh, all of these things about uh, the reason why kids are leaving the church. It's not because of the, uh, the instruments. It's not because of that. Here's some things that they laid out. They said young people largely are not leaving religion because the worship and the singing is not cool enough. Again, this is a denominational study. This is not the Lord's church. But they're saying it's not because the worship and the singing are not cool. They're not saying that, the, the, that the, they're leaving because we're, we've just become too commonplace. Barna says we don't need gimmicks. We don't need entertaining concerts. You take a look at what's going on in religion around us and you're going to see light shows. You're going to see all the bands and everything. Barna says that's not why kids are leaving. They're leaving because they have rejected basic foundational teachings. Now, with all that said, I looked at that article 2019. And as my role with the church there at Owasso with the School of Biblical Studies, here we've been having for 43 years, we've been having classes and we've been having courses to strengthen our brethren by coming in. And people came from congregations all around. And, and it was a great thing that we had been doing for 43 years. It was strengthening brethren. It was equipping them to go back into their congregations and to serve faithfully in their congregation, sitting under godly men and learning about those things that they needed to so that they could understand God's will for them. But there were some things that we missed out on, and so I started to think about how can we take what we're missing out on and how can we implement that. And so it was about five months ago that we said, let's offer courses to help our kids with their faith 
We wanted to equip our own kids. We didn't want our kids to be part of those statistics, but we said, how else can we use this as an evangelistic tool? There are those who are out there that need to hear this. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, always be ready to give an answer. Always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you. That's the idea of apologetics, Christian apologetics, the idea of giving a defense. We've got to help our kids be able to defend the Bible account. And so we started to offer courses to our community. And this is where this may be something that you're interested in. I called Doug maybe six weeks ago and I just said, Doug, you know, I want to share with you what we're doing over here. This is an opportunity that has really, we've had some fruit that has come from this. And I'll share those things here in just a moment. But we started these classes. Uh, we, we worked mainly with homeschool families. In our community in Owasso, we've got some 6,000 homeschool families between Owasso, Collinsville, Uligaw, all of that. So we've got a large homeschool group. But we've also got those in the community that are sending their kids who are not homeschooled. We said, you know, here's some things. We asked the congregation. We made a little flyer. We listed all of the classes that we were going to be offering. We're using materials from our brethren at Apologetics Press, and I'll share those with you in just a moment. But we asked this, we prepared this flyer, and we said, take this out to your neighborhood. Take this out to your friends. Take this out to anybody who has children who may desire to have their faith built. We put two posts on Facebook, on our local Facebook. Two posts with this flyer and with our members taking these out to anybody in their neighborhood, anybody that they came across with. And for, from that, this is what took place. We offered one class for first and second graders. Apologetics Press has these readers. These are early readers intended for first and second graders. Uh, there's a picture of six of them there. They've got 11 of them total. And so we had an 11-week class for first and second graders. Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock, we invited any first and second graders that wanted to come in. Of course, we invited their parents to come in as well. And we said, you know what, we may have five or six from the community that would come in. The title of this course was Designed by God. Each one of those books, the first one, God Made the World. We looked at the days of creation. All sorts of Bible verses that are in there. And we had a Bible class with kids from the community. Again, we expected a handful. We had 19 kids in that class, two of them from the Lord's Church. 17 of them had no association with the Lord's Church, and the majority of them had never even heard about the Owasso Church of Christ. And week after week, the parents brought these kids back to that class. We have a Russian Pentecostal kid. We have many of the denominational groups from Owasso that brought their kids. We had some 13 different denominational groups that were in this group, along with their parents. We had several members of our congregation, uh, a couple of our ladies, they volunteered to teach these classes. And so when we start to talk about, this isn't just something that one person needs to do. We had the whole congregation involved, whether they were passing out invitations to come and do this, or they were stepping up and they were teaching these classes. But this first and second grade class, every one of those kids, we gave them one of the books from Apologetics Press each week, and we read through that together. 
We worked on our memory verses and we looked at it. It was a Bible class. And at the end of that, there was some application that I'll show you here in just a minute. But 19 kids in that class week after week after week after week. I don't know of anything that we've done in the Lord's church over there at Owasso where we've had 11 opportunities to teach a specific age group. That's a different picture of it from there in the back, but we've got moms sitting in there. And then we had a class for third and fourth graders. Apologetics Press has this great book. It's how do we know that the Bible is from God? You know, when we think about how the Bible is being attacked, people say, well, it's just an old manuscript. It doesn't mean anything. So we had this class for third and fourth graders using Apologetics Press. How do we know that the Bible is from God? And what we did with that, the 13 class periods that we had with that, we tied it into some other material that we have written, and we got to sit down with these kids. Again, 13 weeks that they came back week after week after week. And we looked at the different materials that the, manuscript, the original uh, Bible was written on. God there at Mount Sinai. Ten, tab uh, ten commandments written on tablets of stone. Ezekiel was told to write on a tablet of wood. We know that there was papyrus and we know that there was leather. And so in this class, going along with this book, we looked at the different materials that they were originally written on, the Word of God. And so then we went out and we went out and buried some of these manuscripts. We married some, uh, buried some of this papyrus in clay jars, which was dug up by these kids. And so they find these scrolls and we had the original Hebrew of the Old Testament written. And we found scrolls that had the original Greek, and they were able then to go, and we, we sort of, we, we translated that into English. But all along the way, we are showing them how we got God's word. And at the end of that, then we started to put it into big Bible form. That's a big Bible that we started to go through from Genesis 1 through Revelation of the chronological layout of the Bible, including the New Testament church. And we had eight kids in this class. Week after week, mom and dad sitting in there, not one from the Lord's church. First time they had ever been associated with the Lord's church. There's another age group, the fifth and sixth graders, Truth Be Told. Another great book by Apologetics of Press, Exposing the Myth of Evolution. Helping our kids being able to, 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 to defend scripture with science. The Bible and science fit together perfectly. Some of us need to be reminded of that. I will say that this next book that I'm going to show you guys, if you are lacking in some of your knowledge about what you need to do to defend scripture, that you need to pick up a copy of it to help build your faith as well. But this was a class for fifth and sixth graders, and we had five or six kids in this class week after week. This next class, this was for our seventh and eighth graders. It's a book called Flooded, The Science of the Biblical Flood. Again, these are books from Apologetics Press by Faithful Brethren. This is written by Brother Jeff Miller, who is a creation scientist. He, he has all of, the, all of the, uh, the titles and everything that support his knowledge. But this class has been incredible. And we've got kids sitting in this class that are coming from denominational groups. And I'll mention very quickly, how do you teach these things? I don't know these things. How do we teach them? Well, AP has prepared us by making a website specifically for this flooded book. They have all of the things that we need to teach it. Here's the quizzes, here's the vocabulary, here's the additional videos. All of these classes have videos that go with them. And so these classes are not difficult to teach. They may challenge you. But this is a great website, floodedbook.org, which lays out how we teach the flooded book. 
And it's laying out plate tectonics. How do we understand how the, how the continents have moved and how does it fit within the Bible account? Really, I would encourage each of you to pick up this book. But we have people in this class, this young man in the blue here on the front with the mohawk. He comes from a denominational group. One of the other boys that's in this class took the book the first week to his friends at the co-op. Young boy in the blue saw that book and he says, what is that? He said, this is a class that we're taking over at the Owasso Congregation. You ought to come and be part of that. This kid's been looking for a Christian worldview being taught. His parents have been praying about a Christian worldview being taught because this kid wants to be a scientist. This kid is going to be converted, I believe, very soon because he believes the Genesis 1 through 11 account, the authority of God's word, and he wants to be involved with helping defend it. And so you take a look at all the things that we've done in those classes, uh, laying these things out. These kids are just ecstatic. But I want to share with you some of the results. As these classes continued to go on, more and more people would come. Kids were going home saying, what are you doing? Well, I'm going to this class over here, and we get these books. We made sure every kid took these books home. This is a gift from your friends at the Owasso Church of Christ. It's a label that we put in these booklets. Every week, they got to take home the booklets. These other booklets, the older booklets, uh, they're still, they've still got those, and they will have those at the end of the semester. But what took place is parents started to tell all of their friends on social media what their kids were involved in. We started to get calls, and I'm like, why are we getting calls from Denver, Colorado? Why are we getting contacted from Dallas, Texas? Why am I getting a message from a guy in Uganda? Well, it's because these parents started to post on their personal Facebook about the classes that were being offered at the Owasso Church of Christ. The one there on the right, that was the third and fourth graders, how we got the Bible. This lady that posted this was the head of the Owasso Homeschool Facebook page. She is posting this. Everybody knows who she is. She's saying, you know what, these classes are incredible. They're learning so much about the Bible. You need to come. And so we started getting a call. I got a call from Denver and said, hey, I saw this on her Facebook. You know anybody out here or are those classes available out here? I said, let me make some calls. So I called the churches out there in Denver. And I'm looking for sound congregations to, to put these classes into play. And I said, I've got some people who would love to come and sit at faithful Christians' feet learning about Christian evidences and how to defend the Bible. And so we've got some congregations out in Denver who are implementing these classes now. The post here on the right was another mother. This is from the first and second grade talking about the classes that they had at the Owasso Church of Christ. Again, free advertising. We've got the community promoting the Owasso congregation because of the teachings that are coming out of that building. We have never had this many people that knew anything about the Owasso Church of Christ. You see her little girl after day, the first day that we had that class of uh, God made the world, that first and second grade class designed by God, we had this little application, day one, day two, all the things that were made, their memory verse, and she posted on that. Parents were, he said, you go down and you take a look at all the comments that parents are making. Where are you getting this material? Well, they're using something called apologetics press. Well, AP jumped on because they were tagged and they said, okay, here's some things that you may want to look at. We know of at least two denominational groups in Owasso now that are using apologetics press Bible class material 
in their Bible classes. If you're not aware of AP's Bible class material, that's something different than these, but now we have two denominational groups that are looking to the Lord's church for sound Bible class material. The stories keep going on almost on a weekly basis. I'm getting texts or calls from some of these parents saying, hey, can you answer this question for me now? Because their interest has been piqued. Because as we're sitting in these classes, we've got 19 groups of parents that are sitting in there. We have our materials just like you would have house to house, heart to heart, all of those things. My brother uh, Webster, they're coming in and they're seeing those. They're taking those. They're having questions that are coming from that. The Discovery Magazine also comes from Apologetics Press, third through sixth graders. We make sure each week that these kids are taking these Discovery Magazines. These are not just kids' things. I mean, these are talking about the Messiah and talking about all the prophecy of the Old Testament, talking about the New Testament church. They're taking these and they're actively engaged with this sound biblical material. This is easy, folks. It just takes to invite it takes saying, hey, let's have a class here, uh, one hour, Tuesdays. Some people say, Randall, we don't have a big homeschool group. What are we going to do? Well, we've started talking with people about, you know, summer months, setting up short sessions, setting up five or six-week sessions for these. There's a lot of different things. Somebody said, we're going to do this on Thursday nights for a parent night out. So they're bringing their kids, and they're dropping them off, and they're learning about God. They're learning about the Creator. Of course, Apologetics Press also has material for adults as well. The Reason and Revelation magazine. If you want your faith strengthened, go and take a look. It's free of charge. Take a look on their website. These are all available for download, and you can look at those. But think about young people see Christianity as anti-science. That's exactly where we started tonight. People are leaving their faith because they don't believe that the Bible and science is compatible. So these classes from Apologetics Press, the material is laid out. It just requires a little effort. A lot of people were interested in that. Our denominational friends want their kids to know God's word as well. We just need to help them understand it to a point where they lay out, where we can lay out the New Testament church and what it is that Jesus came to do. I want to show you very quickly, and I'll give it back to you tonight. Numbers are not that important, but I do want to sort of lay out what's happened there in Owasso. We had 43 students this first semester from all those age groups, first grade through eighth grade. 43 students, and over 95% of them had no association. They were not members of the Lord's Church. They came from denominational backgrounds. And they came week after week after week. We shut, down, we, shut, we shut down the registration. We had to say, sorry, I can't accept anymore. We'll have these classes in the future. So we had 43 students this last, team, last semester. 19 of parents came and sat there. And that's where our studies came from. We have five studies that have come, continuing, ongoing with these parents who have had their interest piqued by the materials and the teachings that they're hearing coming out of these classes. One of those studies is with a denominational group. One of the parents went home and went to their preacher and their elders and a group of deacons that they had and said, hey, would y'all mind sitting down with this guy? He sounds like maybe there's something we can do to strengthen the church that they were part of. So every Thursday now, I sit down with eight members of a denominational group in town, and we're going through the authority of Scripture. We're going through the church of the Bible. 
We're going through about the salvation that is offered in Christ Jesus. That's a pretty challenging thing, but that is open doors. These are simple things to open doors. We have multiple visits from these kids. They're coming and they're being part of our Bible classes, our regularly scheduled Bible classes. They're coming and being part of our worship services and parents are coming with them. We're seeing all sorts of things. Just two weeks ago, we took this same idea. I traveled to Romania and Moldova, uh, try to go a couple of times a year. I grew up as a preacher's kid, but a mission kid, grew up in Australia, and so the mission bug has had me since day one. And so I travel a couple of times a year over into Moldova, and uh, the congregation in Moldova was established within this last two years. There wasn't, another, there wasn't a congregation of the Lord's Church that we're aware of in Moldova. And so we've established a congregation there in Moldova. But with the situation going on in Ukraine right now, Moldova is that small little country right underneath Ukraine before you get to Romania. Some three million people. There is a congregation of the Lord's Church there now in Bolts. And so as these Ukrainian refugees are coming across and they're bringing their children, that new congregation, that small congregation started to offer creation, designed by God classes. And we started two weeks ago on a Monday with an online class teaching it from Owasso. We had 87 kids the first day and it built each day till we had 134 kids on that Friday. Moldovan Ukrainian, hearing for the first time about their God, their creator. And they were just coming back from 87 to 96 to 111 to 120. They're going out and they're sharing, come and hear. Folks, I'm excited about the potential of what these can do for congregations. Here's some things that I'm trying to accomplish. I, I, I told Doug, I said, you know, I've told my elders I'm stepping away from my roles there in Owasso at the end of the year because I truly do believe that we have an opportunity to help congregations be involved in learning how to offer these courses. It takes volunteers. It takes desire. But when we think about the commandment that Jesus left each and every one of us with as he's departed from this earth, go. He doesn't say where we've got to go. He doesn't say how we've got to go. He tells us to go. This is an opportunity to reach out into your local community and to share the creator of all things, opening up all sorts of doors well, what I'm trying to do this next year, I'm trying to get to 100 congregations, and I've just started calling, I, just like I called Doug. I didn't know Doug. I knew his name. I knew the association with the Shoto congregation. But I just pick up congregation, I pick up phone numbers and call them and just say, can I share with you something that we're doing, that we're seeing some fruits, and I believe that you can have these too? Let me share with you the materials. AP has done a wonderful job giving us the materials. I went and saw Jeff Miller. He was down in Wawoka probably two months ago. And I said, Jeff, let me share with you what we're doing with your materials. He said, that's great because we don't know really how to distribute it. We write the material and we have these weekend seminars and everybody's excited, but then they don't know what to do with that. And I said, let me share you what we're doing with your materials. And he said, I never thought about it. But we're looking for congregations that will be involved somehow. We just want them, hey, if this is something that you think you may be involved in, let us show you how to do it. Already, just through phone calls and about two months of visits, just like I've called you guys, we've got 35 to 42 congregations that have agreed to have some type of these classes in 2023. 
We're hoping that there will be some 4,000 to 6,000 students, again, not associated with the Lord's Church. These are numbers, these are statistics, but I think that we're going to have some four to 6,000 students in these classes this next year. You think about what that could do. Why are we losing our children? Because we've not grounded them in these first things that they need to be grounded in. They know about the Lord's Church. They know the plan of salvation. But can they defend God's word? We've got an opportunity to do so. Short courses, we're conducting some of those in our mission travels. We're also talking with other missionaries that are going into other locations and saying, hey, if you want an outreach as you go into this area, offering these courses, these books, take them with you. Kids are drawn to you. Parents are drawn where their kids are drawn. And so we're offering short courses while we travel. And we're also developing additional material to go along with AP's material that will supplement it and help congregations teach it. I've recently called Freed and said, hey, do you have anybody, any of your students that would love to go on short-term missions? Because we get calls from congregation. We're already getting calls from congregation. Got a call from Maine. Lord's Church not strong up there. Little congregation up there, and they said, hey, would you be willing to send somebody up here to teach these courses? We'll host it. Can you send somebody up? We're an older congregation. We want to be involved in this. And so we're reaching out to Freed, and we've got people that are uh, now... Uh, from free that are wanting to go on mission trips in the summers to teach these in short courses. Maybe you have desire to get involved in mission trips. These are things that we can go and we can teach in local communities. And then we're also helping people. Maybe there's somebody who doesn't know how to take it from parents asking questions to actually sitting down and going through a Bible study that will lead them to turning their life over to God. And so we're offering to come in and to help you. We've designed some evangelism materials. Again, the Bible is our only authority, but we also need to have some things that help people take that. And so we're willing to do that as well. Folks, I just wanted to present that to you because there is a world out there that is lost and dying. We are losing our own kids within the Lord's church, but we're also missing out on opportunities to bring others to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And it starts with, all the way back at the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. I would love to answer any questions that you may have in the future. If this is something that you guys want to be involved in, if you want to be involved in it, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're, hope, we're doing some classes over at Katusa. Katusa is struggling. They're getting ready. Uh, not a little small congregation now. Used to be 120, now they're down to 15. The congregation is not known to the community. I said, let's come over and let us host some of these classes. And so we've got classes starting up in, uh, in, in January for them. We've got 16 kids already enrolled in there. People want to know these things. They will let us teach their children, and they'll sit in these classes, and they will learn as well. We think about that command that our Lord gave us. He left this earth. And he said, I need you to continue my mission. Go and teach. Make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Lord, uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Think about our responsibility. Think about what it is that you are doing. This is something. Take these books. Take them to your own neighborhood. May not be something you do collectively as a congregation, but take them to the family members or the families in your, in your neighborhood and say, you know what, here's some things that I think are very important to you, and I will be, you would be amazed at what those parents will say. Folks, it's just another opportunity, but we have our marching orders. 
just an opportunity for you to be involved. The Lord's invitation is always extended as we end a lesson. There are some here tonight, I don't know you, but there are some who may have never put on our Savior in the waters of baptism, having your sins washed away, having been placed in Christ, where all of those spiritual blessings that we read about in Ephesians chapter 1, all spiritual blessings are found in Christ. Have you been baptized into Christ? If not, all of those spiritual blessings that we read about in Scripture are not yours. Maybe there's some that want to put on Christ tonight by being baptized. Or maybe there are some who have not been as faithful in their service to our Lord. Maybe there's some things that you're struggling with as a Christian. Maybe you need the prayers of this congregation to strengthen you. If there's anything that we can do tonight to strengthen one another, let us do so as together we stand and sing.